Today we're going to do a little bit of a Purim class, since we are before Purim. It's really nice, by the way. That I'm some, uh, I know I didn't respond to all, that's just because lack of time, but I did read them. There were some good uh, questions posed on email, and thank you to those who sent them out. And, um, well, let's try to address the overarching, even though we'll do focus more on Purim today. Essentially, <clears throat> we, uh, we live in two different dimensions in our life. There's what you know to be true, what's supposed to be, and then there's what you actually live with, and there's two different worlds that you live in. And so in this context, right, here's what it really is, if I can call a spade a spade. Everyone over here is officially, official party line is, I think it's called Hasidish, right? But then there's what's going on inside, like one little layer beneath this external facade, what's happening inside, and that's not so Hasidish. It's like sometimes, you know, a lot of um, turmoil going on inside there. And that disparity, I think we call that mental health challenges, between what you think you're supposed to be and what you actually are, and then somewhere in the middle, and then you're trying to survive that little uh, space over there. So, let's talk about how to be a chassid internally and externally what's actually required because it's a way of thinking it's not you know what's a chassid do chitas and rambam and uh, do mitzayim and you check a whole little whole list like a Nitzvah Hashem uh, checklist and then you're good when you get a little older you discover that being a chassid is much more it's that, of course, all that. But then it's a lot more about what goes on inside your head. And it's how to control this space called me. So, we'll do today a little class on actually something fascinating. Which is, are you able to become a miracle worker in your life? You, as in you, are you able to perform miracles? Like, what does it take for you to perform Nisim? So, we don't think of ourselves in that context. Have you ever seen miracles in your life happen in the past tense? Huh? Did you ever th- see things in your life that you can look back and you say, that was unbelievable, that was just absolutely miraculous. Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Right? I've been told that things shouldn't have happened. But are you able to, do you ever try and make miracles? Like you try, you read Ashgach Prati's story, and then you try and make one. It doesn't work, does it? I just saw the story now this morning. Very sweet, amazing. Like this guy came, he was in France, and he comes from Paris, and he's asking all the people to come to, the, to New York. So he came in, and he wants everyone to offer them, to offer them an opportunity to write uh, a, a pun. So he took all the pun in, but he tells everyone, I, I believe you're supposed to read a pun. So I'm going to read your pun. So whatever you're writing over there, don't write if I can't read it. 
So everyone's okay with that. And he's got all his pun, mostly in French. And then one lady tells him, she says, you can't read my pun. Don't read it. He's like, but that's against my principles. So what should I do? So he takes the pun, arrives over here, and then he's like, okay, what do I do? I've got to read, I believe I've got to read the pun. Not sure why, but he's got to read it. So uh, he stands there, and then he sees another fellow at the oil over there, a random fellow, who was um, reading a pun in French. So he's like, oh, at the oil, he says, listen, do me a favor, could you read this pun? I don't want to read it. I know the lady, I don't want to read it, but you don't know her. So just read it, and then tear it and put it inside. The guy says, okay. He reads the pun, and he starts crying and crying and crying all the way through the pun. And he's looking at him like, that's interesting. And then he tears it up. And then, um, yeah, he went back inside. And after a while, the other guy comes out also. So he says to him, when he comes out, he says, um, do you know the person who wrote the pun? He says, I mean, just ask me. I don't, do you know what's written in the pun? I don't know what's written in the pun. No idea. So he tells him, he says, you know, the pun was about, um, it was a lady writing it. She has a long lost brother for 25 years. She hasn't spoken to him. She's been estranged from him. And she doesn't really know anymore why. But she hasn't spoken to him. And she really wants that she should with him and he doesn't know how he says and guess what right I'm the brother now wow. <laughs> that's impressive right wow. like is that an open miracle it's quite amazing yeah I don't know but he did. Yeah, these things happen, you know, in different variations of it. I was once. Yeah, I was once at the oil, and I don't know if this was. I don't know. This is just a, just a story, or whatever. I was at the oil, and um, I walked in, and I saw a guy there, whatever. And I didn't know who he was, you know. And I came out, and whatever. And a few weeks later, the guy got engaged, and um, he married the person who runs, you know, was running at the time all my operations and everything. And we were very close with her, like we brought her back and everything about Shuva, and uh, it was quite amazing. And he told me, he said, you know when I decided to do this, the guy was in Shidochim for 22 years, literally, first time. And he says, I, was, I said to the Rebbe, he says, I, want, I said, I need a sign, if this is her, I need a sign. He says, and I walked into the oil, and then you walked in next to me, and you pushed me. <laughs> He says, and took that as a sign. I'm like, okay. <laughs> May we continue to be a good sign? <laughs> so, right? You never know. You never know what happens. But here's the thing. Imagine you had the power to make miracles happen in the first place. Not past tense miracles, but future miracles. Imagine you could create future miracles. How do you create future miracles? Here's how. Let's learn how to make miracles. There's a beautiful mimer of the Alter Rebbe where he says this line. I'm not making it up. You could look it up. It's in Torah R. It's the mimer called the Mordechai Yotzah. And he says as follows. In the days of the prophets, the Manavim, people saw open miracles. So it was clear. You went to a Navi. You went to a prophet. You asked him the question. And then he gave you an answer. Or you went to Urim Batumim on the Koyan Godel's breastplate. And you looked at him and the thing came up. And you got the answer. 
crystal clear, everything's there. Right? And nowadays, we don't see nothing. We have no miracles, we don't have prophets, and we don't know anything what's going on. That's a pasuk in Tehillim. Hmm? What? This is what he says. I'm saying, I think he's talking about you and me. And I think he's saying that it's very lonely sometimes in life, isn't it? Life is hard. Like, it's nice when you're, you know, in that space of, of, of happiness and health, etc., etc. But inside of us, there's such a mishugana thing going on, and it's like really crazy. Wouldn't it be amazing to learn how to make miracles? So, let's do a class on how to make miracles. I'm not making this up. You can look at the mind, I'll just tell you what it says in the mind. But it's real. And this is not about, see, it's not about, oh, so whatever happens to you is a miracle. We want to learn how to make miracles. Do you know what the answer is? How do you make miracles? I'm sure you know already. Bring a Shem in, and how do you do that? <laughs> what? Bittle. What does that mean? Hmm? Right. Well, let's actually learn how to do it, right? So we know what actually needs to be done. It's a practical thing, how to make miracles. So we've discussed this point already, that we tend to think this is our upbringing, which is in the natural space of things. The way we think about it is that if there's a problem, you have to solve it in order for the problem to be solved. Right? So I've got a problem. The problem is here. How do I solve the problem? By going to it and solving it. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know how you solve problems? <coughs> hmm? Which, or what's the source? You're, you're the problem, basically. That's it. You are the problem. You solve problems by solving how you feel about them. That's it. Now you know how to make miracles. And that way you will make miracles. Right? Yes. Um, a chassid, well, we'll, learn, we'll see in a moment. A chassid is a chassid of the Rebbe, and he draws down the powers, and then he behaves that way in actual real time. Right? We want to grow, right? We want to grow and develop and uh, learn new things. So, let's learn some new things. Why not? Okay? So, we're going to develop the idea of how you become a chassid. Um, so, this week I was driving, I was um, at a wedding, thank you, Carla was 44 years old, first time, and um, it was an amazing wedding, and it was in Petah Tikva, and, um, and I was with my daughter. Somehow, I think she's going to hear the story that I told it, but okay. She's in the seminary, and she's in Tzfas. So she had to go from Petah Tikva to Tzfas, to seminary. And I was catching a flight that night after the wedding. So in the middle of the wedding, she wanted to see the chuppah, so we got to see the chuppah. As soon as the chuppah was over, okay, now we've got to go. 
So she looks on that app, very impressive, that Move It app. And like, when I was in Arctisol, I never had that kind of thing. You have to wait at the bus station and figure things out yourself. It's amazing. And she looks and she knows exactly where the bus is coming and what time is going to be there and all the details. So whatever, we get into at 9, there was supposed to be 9.12, we get into the car at 9 o'clock and the car doesn't start because I was pressing the buttons too many times and didn't start the uh, alarm. So um, she said, don't worry, the bus is 12 minutes later, it's fine. I called my brother quickly, he was at the wedding in, inside the hall. He comes out, running out, we take the stuff from his car, from the one car to the other car. Now we're on the way. The bus is coming 9.24. We're going to Machlef Kassam, which is an 11 minute drive from where we were. So we're driving and he's, I'm holding the ways in my hands, you know, checking where we're going. So my brother's driving and my daughter's sitting in the back and then he says to me, he says, okay, quick, quick, this right, where is Machlef Kassam? Where is it? Straight or right? I can't see. And we're right, make a decision, straight or right? I'm looking, you know, you're looking ways. Okay, I start from there, bigger. I'm like, okay, right. So he goes, right. And I said, oops, wrong. <laughs> He's like, and then the way is saying, you gotta go around. You have to go back around over the bridge, back to the thing, to another next exit, come back to the. It's gonna be another nine minutes at least. So we're like, okay, we're, right. we're gonna make it, we can still make it. Okay, so let's go. And he's like, you just look at the waste of my time the first time. Like, why do you have to look at those? I'm like, Hashem has his ways. <laughs> so we're driving on, and then we take a left, and we're going on top of the bridge in Machlef Kassam. So there's a highway underneath and a bridge on top. And then my daughter's looking at her app, and she says, hey, the bus is right there. Time in. The ways were sending us to the highway. Buses don't stop on highways, they stop on top of the highway, <laughs> on the bridge. So um, we pulled into the bus station. What? Why create a miracle? I'm just telling you what happened, one second. So, <laughs> so we drive in into the bus station right there. Three minutes later, the bus shows, and she's good, she's on her way. Perfect. Sometimes what you think is wrong, what you think is right, and then you thought it was wrong, is actually right. Right? You don't know which way you are. What you want to do in life is get too used to a pasuk. The pasuk says, we say it multiple times a day, get used to what it means. It says, Hashem Melech, Hashem Moloch, Hashem Yimloch, Le'olam Bo'ed. What does that mean? It means, right now what's happening to me is perfect. What happened yesterday, the mistakes I made were not mistakes. They were actually Hashem ordaining it, so you can't do anything wrong in the past. And so whatever happened, no matter how bad it was, is always good. And the future is always awesome. Because Malchus is the one that conceals. You don't see a revelation of Elokus. You don't see Hashem. But Hashem Hashem Moloch, Hashem Yimloch, is the concealment. In this world, you see Hashem. And when you say that puzzle, and when you don't just say it, you feel it, then you make miracles. So here's the key to making miracles. You make miracles happen when, when you feel Hashem's presence all the time. In the words of the Tzemach Tzedek, it's tracht gut, vet zayin gut. What is that if not a miracle? Think good, and it's going to be good. There's just one little problem over here. You can't fool Hashem. So you actually have to feel good. And how to feel good is the art of being a chassid. What is a chassid? Someone who feels good all the time.
Chassidim are always in a space of Simcha. What does it mean to be in a state of Simcha all the time? Does it mean to jump and dance? Of course. But that's easy. Right? Get a, get a band and make a thing and you go jumping and dancing and there you have Simcha. But you know what real Simcha is? Real Simcha is what you feel inside. And your real Simcha is going to be attacked from all sides all the time. Because there's a little Haman who's going to creep into your head. And Haman is Amalek. Amalek is Gematria. Suffolk. And all the time he's going to say, yeah, but you were stupid and you just made a dumb mistake. And he puts it to It is true. You did make a dumb mistake. Your dumb mistake was ordained by Hashem. It's still a dumb mistake. Guess what? We're humans and we make mistakes all the time. And Hashem runs the world in the space of our dumb mistakes. That's what's amazing. So keep on making dumb mistakes and keep on doing your thing. Try your best and feel good. So no matter what you said, you said the right thing. Always. And the future is always going to be amazing in a revealed way. And the present is so good. And that sounds like, like living in a utopian state of mind. And it sounds like you're non, not realistic. Right? What? Can I ask you a question? Are things ever bad? Are they ever, 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 ever bad? Or are they just you interpreting it in the wrong way? Well, we don't know, but I'm saying you're a human being. Looking back at life, how's life been so far? The past 20 years? Any issues? Yeah. Think, really? Yeah. But really? Big issues? Saying it's life. It's not always yeah. like <laughs> Right. Isn't it true, though, that if you change your perspective of what's going on, you could actually change everything right away? All you need to do is change, shift the way you feel and the way you think about it and automatically everything changes right away. It doesn't mean, just to clarify, that you like it. Not always is what's happening something you like. It could be something very difficult for you. But what you want to do is always identify what this hormone inside you is, what you're feeling right now. And then you want to shift it over with an opposite feeling. Now let's talk about that opposite feeling. Who in the Megillah is the character who's the hero in? Right? Who's the one who... Well, the goodie. Esther. Right? She's amazing. And what's the Megillah called? Megillah's Esther. Which means in English... Scroll of Esther. Or in Hasidic English, the revelation of that which is concealed. Right? Megillat Esther, legalot Esther, to reveal that which is concealed. Inside you, there's something that's concealed, and you want to constantly reveal that. The Megillah begins as follows: Esther, Esther was an orphan. Pasuk says, "Uvemois avia when her father and her mother died. What does it mean that her father and mother died? Now, we're taking the whole story of the Megillah to our lives, and we're putting it into ourselves and in who we are and what we are about. What's the story of the Megillah about? It's your neshama, your soul, 
which became orphaned. Does your soul ever feel orphaned? Does it ever feel like you're abandoned and you're on your own and you're lonely and you're worthless and all that stuff? That's real. That's what life is about. That's called Uvamois of Via Ima. Her father and her mother died. In the days of the prophets, we used to have a revealed connection to Hashem. You saw God every step of the way. Moshe Rabbeinu, when he has a problem, there's a, there's a sea in front of him, and the Mitzvah behind, he says, Hashem, Hashem says, just walk, puts his stick, the sea splits. That's how the prophets did things. They made things happen miraculous. Nowadays, we don't have a connection to those miracles. But, David HaMelech says in Tehillim, He says, we don't see our miracles. Not that we don't have miracles. We don't notice the miracles. And so what's really going on is quite the contrary. What's really going on is that the miracle is so great that Hashem is so present that it looks like He's not. What used to be in the days of the prophets is that you had to go to a Navi, you had to go to the prophet and he would produce a miracle for you. Nowadays, Hashem is so revealed that you don't need to go anywhere. The miracle is in front of you. In fact, every one of us has the power to make a miracle. Now, I hope you're getting this point because I was blown away by the point. Like what? So you're telling me that I can make a miracle? Okay, so fine. That's uh, in the Mimer. It's very nice. But then he shows you how, no, watch how you can actually do it. So the story of the Megillah is a story of how each one of us can become our own Navi, our own prophet, and be able to do it. And did you notice Esther in the Megillah? Does she look like she has everything put together? Why not? What? Right. Does she look like she's, she's, uh, she's feeling abandoned at some point? Yes. Does she feel lonely? Yes. And does she feel worthless? Yes. And is she scared and anxious? Yes. Right? Amazing. Do you notice that? Did you notice how throughout the Megillah, every step of the way, right at the beginning when she gets taken to the palace, Tachashverish, she doesn't want to go. And then like, you know, she goes, she comes in, and everyone found her to be very attractive. But he asked the noises even though she was green, so she was your Krakas. But suddenly she found favor in everyone's eyes. And then you have a story where Mordechai is outside the palace and Mordechai is wearing sackcloth because he just heard about the decree of Haman. What does Esther say? She sends him clothing. She says, you can't do that in the palace. And then Esther's going to go in front of the king. Mordechai says, you're the queen. Only you can do this. Let's go. You go in front of Ahasuerus now and you plead the case of your people. What does Esther say? No. I can't do it. I'm too scared. Did you notice how on the good side there's two characters? On the bad side, there's one guy. There's Haman. On the good side, there's two. Why are there two characters? Why is there a Mordechai and an Esther? What distinguishes Mordechai from Esther? Does Mordechai ever flinch in the Megillah? No. Do you ever find him scared? No. Or worried? No. 
What's his process? Mordechai is. He starts off. Ish Yehudi Haya Beshushan Habira. Right? The Tzemach has a similar mimer on this one where he explains. He, this is, he explains the Mordechai part. He says, Ish Yehudi was a man. He's, he's a man. Now, what's Yehudi? Yehudi, as opposed to Yisrael, which was a common name used till then, is he's Moida. He acknowledges God right away. He was in Shushan Abira and he didn't flinch for one second. Nothing bothered him. They went to the meal, to the fe- feast of Achashverosh. Everyone else goes and is intimidated and enjoys the feast, except for Mordechai. He's like, eh, who cares? Mordechai's like, forever. Right? He's got it right. Put together. Then Haman says, everyone bow down to me. What does he say? Not, he didn't even make it look like, like, he didn't even, like nothing. Stand firm. And Haman's going crazy. Haman's jumping around this Mordechai. It's driving him insane. What's with this guy? He doesn't want to bow down to me. Esther tells Mordechai, she says, I don't know what to do. I feel I can't go. Because if you come in front of the king and you weren't called, you get killed. Unless you have the scepter. And I wasn't called. I wasn't called in to come for 30 days. I have every reason to say it's not going to work. What does Mordechai say? Go. didn't say go. Does Mordechai feel her pain? Don't say Mordechai said go. He's not... He's not being, um, you know, like, uh, better than thou. Does he feel her pain? Yes. He says to her, he says, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm just saying, you're the queen. And if you look at Ashgacha Pratis, as it's happening, as it's unraveling, you'll see, you are the queen. That's called making divine providence manifest. He's bringing it out. He's manifesting the divine providence. He's saying... Listen here, you have the power to go, so go. And it's very difficult, and you might get killed. It's true. But if you don't do this, you've missed the whole opportunity. You see how he recognizes her challenge, and then he sends her going. See, inside of us, there's two parts to the Jewish soul. There's two parts to our neshama. The one is the Mordechai, and the other one is the Esther. Who's your Mordechai? It's like your Rebbe. There's the voice of the Rebbe, right? Which always is... Have you ever noticed the Rebbe, how he speaks? It's like just on, on a practical level. Like just watch a video and tell me how many times you saw... It's 3 o'clock in the morning. Did you ever see the Rebbe yawning? Did you ever see him moving, sitting down? Hands are down. Constant conversation. There's no scratching, there's no touching, no nothing, it's just, it's, it's not normal. What? It's quite, I mean, just physically, to watch it, it's, it's incredible, like, how do you do that? Human beings can't do that. He doesn't flinch, it's real, it's unbelievable to see just how incredibly powerful that energy is. So, Mordechai, resides inside you. And Mordechai needs to coach Esther along the way. Who's Esther? Who do you think Esther is? That's you, in real life. 
When you say I'm Hasidish, of course Mordechai is Hasidish. The question is, is Esther. What does Esther feel in real time when she's actually out in the field? She's actually in the front line. What does Esther feel? She's scared, right? She's petrified. That's Esther. Esther is scared. Esther is like jumping up and down. She's touching and touching every all the time. She doesn't know what to do with herself. And why is that? Because of a moist avia beima. Because her father and her mother died. So what does it mean? The father and mother died. Your father and mother are your chachma and your bina, which is your connection to God. It's gone. We don't, we don't live anymore in the days of the prophets. The story of, of, of Megillah's Esther takes place after the Beis HaMikdash, the first Beis HaMikdash was destroyed. There are no more prophets. There's no more revelation of the divine in a, in a real way. So the Moist of Yavimo, what happens? It's like, she's jumping up and down because she doesn't, what am I going to do? What happens? He says, Avram doesn't recognize us. Yisrael doesn't recognize us. We forgot our connection to our forefathers. But Yitzchak is Avinu. Ato Hashem Goyaleinu. You, Hashem, are our Redeemer. What does it mean, you, Hashem, are our Redeemer? Yitzchak is going down to the Lamazah Gashmi. Yitzchak is your ability to, the laughter, right? The ability to be in this world. Ato Hashem Goyaleinu. What Hashem tells Esther, what he tells the Jewish people is, understand this, the reason why you don't see Hashem nowadays at all is not because you have less of Hashem, but actually because you have more of Hashem. Once upon a time you had to go to the prophets to get a prophecy. Today, every one of us has the power to draw godliness into your life. Imagine you learn the technique and then it's, you actually carry it out. Guarantee you, next week, everyone can come back and give us a story, at least one story, of actual miracles. We will walk back and you'll say, wow, it was unbelievable. But this is hard work. So what we're about to do now is really, really hard work. What's the hard work? You've got to recognize the two people inside you, Mordechai and Esther, right? You know, like two puppets, pick them up. It's pretty good to have when you have like a, the right side and the left side, and have them talk to each other and converse. Have a conversation going on between Mordechai and Esther. So let's give them names, right? It's nice when you have like, you know, when you anthropomorphize your life and you see how you actually have these characters in your life. So have them talk to each other. Who's Esther? Esther is when you're feeling sad and lonely and anxious and worried and you're jumping up and down, you can see yourself going crazy, say, hello, Esther. That's Esther. And then have Mordechai enter the scene. It's really nice if you have your two hands. Use your two hands. Because if... What? No. The Nefshabamis, that's the other guy. That's Homon. Right? Homon. Homon is the problem. You know what the problem with Esther is? That she is intimidated by Homon. So Haman is not Haman, he's inside Esther's head. Did you notice how Esther can't make her point clearly? She can't say what she wants. She goes in front of, he says, okay, go. 
Go tell, Mordechai says, go plead the case to the Jewish people in front of Achashverosh. So what does she do? She goes. What was she supposed to do? She meant to say, your majesty, there's a guy who wants to kill us. Can you please get rid of him? What does she say? Come to a party. She's like, oh, sure. She risked her life to say that. <laughs> then he comes to the party with Haman. And he says, okay, Esther, what do you want? Whatever you want. I'll give you whatever you want. Half the kingdom is yours. She says, all I want is another party. <laughs> Doesn't that sound a bit risky and ridiculous? What if you would say no? And then you, you squant, you just risk your life each time to get there, because you just said, that's what you told Mordechai, it's a risk of life, right? And yet you can't make your point. You know why she didn't make her point? Uh, because she couldn't. She was scared. That's why. Because Haman wasn't there. Haman was in her heart. And she was too scared to say. Until the third time, when Haman built the gallows between the, second and, between the first and second feast, he built the gallows and he's got to hang Mordechai on it. And then she's like, okay, it's now or never. It's like, musters up every ounce of strength she has and she says, Ish tsarva yev homon haro hazeh. So Achashverosh is... What? Well, what did Achashverosh do at that point? He's like, oh, homon? Get rid of him. Off with his head. Done. So who was the problem the whole time? She was the problem. She couldn't say her point. That's how you make miracles. You overcome the little homon inside your head. What? Why does what? Why does that end in a miracle? Why is, why, why is the story why of Megillah Satsar a miracle? The Purim story is the story of your life. It's a story of where you don't see Hashem revealed. Every time it says HaMelech, it's actually, you could substitute Yudke Vovke, but you don't see it. So you keep on saying Hashem Melech Hashem Melech Hashem Yimloich, and you keep on making miracles. What's the miracle? The miracle happens each time when you are able to get the Haman out of your head. No? What's bothering you? Why it's a miracle? Haman means, Haman enters inside you and casts doubt inside you and makes you scared and afraid. Right? The goal, the way to overcome Haman is when you're actually feeling the Amuna directly. You actually feel the Amuna of Hashem inside you. When you feel it and you behave that way, then all the Hamans disappear. All the problems disappear. That's when the miracle happens. Not true? Try it out. So for three seconds of work, does it like all of a sudden now that we do try Every time when you have a problem, look. If you have a problem, of course, if you go to Hashem, it doesn't mean the problem goes away. No, 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 don't think of Hashem. It's to feel a space of marbim besimcha. When you are ecstatic, jumping for joy, try jumping for joy before the thing happens, not after, before. And then you'll see how it works. It's basically every single time when you feel scared, you accept that I'm absolutely scared. I'm petrified of what's going on over here. And then you jump out of that and you're actually in the space of Hashem's presence. And you live that space all the time. Stop solving problems. Let Hashem solve problems. Just what, be happy. Just be happy, exactly. And then just do what you've got to do. But don't try solve the problem before you're happy. Yeah. Isn't that Keser? Then that means that you're not involved in your life. Isn't what? If that's Keser. Yeah. What do you mean? You can't have both Kesser and Das. So if you're removed from the situation, you know that Hashem is involved, then Well, what you do is you remove yourself from the situation, so you allow Hashem to do it, but then you say, okay, 
what does Hashem want me to do now? I, I know Hashem's got it, but Hashem wants things to happen through Hishtadmus. He wants you to do something. So he wants Esther to feel absolutely Hashem's presence and then tell the king that that's him. Right? And you just do things and it just happens. But when you're scared, you have, you have to actually go do it. Hashem doesn't do it unless you go and actually carry it out. But don't carry it out before you're in a space of simcha. So the most important thing in your life is to learn how to be besimcha. Yes? So you're saying in the time of... During a time of battle, you're meant to bring in Mordechai into your life? Or is that before that? Always. What do you mean? You're always in a state of battle. You're living, you're running, you're okay, in a but, perpetual but state. Sometimes, like, when you're sitting in class, it's very easy to think about. Yeah, of course. Dealing with actual things. Absolutely. So you know the story that there's a nice clip that you can watch about Dr. Weinreb. Rabbi Dr. Weinreb, who was living in Baltimore in the 1950s or 60s, somewhere around there. He was essentially Yiddishkeit in Maryland. And then he calls up Rabbi Chadakov. He wants to speak to the Rebbe. And his question was, I'm feeling very lonely and very sad and depressed and whatever else I'm feeling and I need to get out of this place. And can you help me? Because I don't know what to do. So what was the answer? Rabbi Chadakov was on the line. So the Rebbe tells him on the other line, he says, there's a Yid in Maryland. His name is Weinreb. Go talk to him and he'll help you out. And now he's got a problem because he didn't identify himself before. And now he's like, uh, shoots, ich haste der Weinreb. I am him. And then there's a pause on the line. Rabbi Chadak is like, okay, what now? Then the Rebbe's voice on the other side comes through. Talk to yourself. What does it mean, talk to yourself? That's the Mordechai and Esther syndrome. It's allow yourself to rise above yourself and be able to talk to yourself. Now, you can't always do it, right? That's the fact. The fact is it's really, really, really difficult. It ain't easy, this. That's what a mashpia is about. That's what you have a coach for. When you're a mummy, God willing, and you're in front of a little child, and your two-year-old acting out, what do you do? You don't know the solution to the problem. Have you been a camper? a counselor and trying to help the campers and they're 8 years old, 10 years old and trying to help them. Well, you know why it works? Because you don't think it's a problem really. It's just a 10 year old issue and you don't understand what the problem is. Right? But what you want to do is just go inside and give a hug and embrace like the 2 year old. It's all good. It's great. And then the person feels there's like a surge of energy that comes through. Oh, yes. Problem disappears. That's what you want to do with yourself. You want the Mordechai to talk to your Esther. So that's why you need to learn a lot of Hasidus. So that you have a lot of that inspiration. You know, the rabbi's voice. You hear that, like, that confidence, right? That surety. Here it is. And then you have to have the right side talking to the left side and have a conversation. And he says, Esther, it's hard. It's really difficult. I got it. And go. Right? When somebody recognizes how difficult it is for you, that, hey, the problem goes away. It just dissipates. You ever read Viktor Frankl in the, in the Holocaust? He writes in his book, um, Man's Search for Meaning. Very powerful. He says, I'm, I'm in Auschwitz. I'm a, he was a non-from Jew. And he says, I'm in the camps. And it's really... I'm a slave to all intents and purposes. It's not fair. I'm dehumanized totally. And then he says, I realized he's a psychoanalyst. So he says, how many psychoanalysts get to psychoanalyze a brain from, like, inside? 
Like you actually get to feel, because when you actually psychoanalyze, it's like a rat. You don't really know what the rat's thinking. You just surmise what the rat's thinking. And to do it on a human being is just cruel. He says, but here, for whatever reason, it's being done to me. I am in this position. So what he does is he's able to look at himself from outside in. Incredible. And he realizes that they can, they can trap me and they can imprison me, but I still have the ability to get out of myself. And so he looks at himself, he calls it from outside in. I like put like a, it's like I'm, I'm looking at myself out, upside, up on top, and I'm looking down at myself. And when the German Imachmoy comes and, and abuses me, I'm like, look at that. Is that what happened? Okay, how did you react? And he's monitoring from outside in his own reactions because his brain, they can't control his brain. That's the syndrome of your Mordechai talking to your Esther. And with that, he's able to survive. It empowers him to get through anything. Right? So the Megillah says, Esther became beautiful. She wasn't beautiful. She was Yerakrakas. She was not beautiful. That's what we are. Our Neshamas are not so beautiful. If you look at a Jew, you'll see a very confused person. <coughs> full of issues. Right? Fretting and jumping about and all the things that go on inside our brains that we don't want anyone to know about. Of us, that's the Yerakraka, that's what your Esther is. And what does Esther do? She has a Mardechai. What did Mardechai do? He's Lekocha Loi Levas. He took Esther and he took her first as a daughter, and then he takes her even more and he marries her. And what does it mean to marry her? It means the two sides of your Neshama, the Mardechai and the Esther, become one. Mardechai is Ish Yehudi, he's always in the space of Ish Yehudi, he's a Yehudi, he acknowledges Hashem, he gets it. Mardechai says, Mirodachyo. What's the Mirodachyo? The, he was a perfume, a pure perfume. Mordechai was the beauty of oneness with Hashem. He gets it. And what does Mordechai do? He talks to the Esther on a consistent basis and the conversation goes on. And he says, it's okay. It's going to be okay. It's fine. And through that, he brings out the stunning, beautiful, magnificent beauty of the Nisham. Because he's able to draw her out. Now, who's fighting the whole time? Homon. How do we know Homon Minatayah? Homon Minatayah Minayim? Amin Ho'etz. When Adam and Chava ate of the tree, they ate that fruit, Hashem says to them, Homon Ho'etz, Asher Tzibisicha Levildim Echol Men Acholto. Did you eat that fruit seriously? Before they ate the fruit, what happened to them? They weren't wearing clothing and they never noticed. Because they didn't notice themselves. There was no sense of self. Homon brought a sense of self. He says, pay attention to yourself. That's what Haman does all the time. And ever since we ate that fruit, now we're stuck, always wondering, so what am I being portrayed as? How am I feeling? What's going on? What's inside me? There's no choice. You have to deal and pretend with that. What's Haman? Haman, where did it say Haman in the Torah? When Adam and Chava ate the fruit and they got a sense of self, um, of recognition of self, basically. So that's when they lost themselves, because if you feel yourself, you have to contend with yourself. Then you feel scared and worried, and all the things that happen, happen inside that space. So what needs to happen now? Well, now what needs to happen is, you have to have an Esther who goes through the Haman. And what does she do? She has to work her way through Haman. It's so hard. It's so difficult. Because when Haman makes you scared, it would be amazing if Haman were outside, but Haman creeps and he jumps right into her head, inside her. How do we make miracles? We make miracles by 
taking Haman and pushing against him like that, and then you pick yourself up. So every anxiety that you have is actually the opportunity. But Esther doesn't know what to do. So she gets anxious and she starts jumping up and down and she thinks the world is ending. That's what happens when the doubt enters into your system. That's the Haman contending with Esther and fighting with him. And what does she have to do? Esther has to constantly, she co- co- goes to Mordechai and she says, Mordechai, what's next? Okay, he says, well, now you're scared, now go. Keep going. And she recognizes what you want to do with yourself is every time you feel, right, there's, there's feelings we have all the time. Monitor your feelings. Get in touch with your feelings. Ask yourself constantly, how am I feeling? And when you feel one of those feelings, don't, the Alter Rebbe says, we tend to think of them as negative. They're not negative. They're opportunity. They're stepping stones. They're going to pick you up. So every time you have a negative feeling, look at yourself, say, okay, that's that feeling. That's the one. That's, I'm not feeling connected to Hashem. Feel the feeling through. And then say, right here, Hashem is with me. And you step on him. And when the Mordechai talks to the Esther, so then he marries her and he discovers the most amazing thing. That the greatest revelations are, the Megillah is, What is that? You ever see the way that lady comes over to the Rebbe after Chavchas Nisan and she says, Rebbe, we can't do it ourselves. She says, he says, can't leave us. So he looks at her and he says, if I am a rabbi, then I have spoken. I said, it's got to be done by you, 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 you. You, the cameraman, in case you think you're just filming this, right? It's got to be done by you. And the beauty is that Mordechai can't do it without Esther. So you need Esther to do it. When Esther does it, now you have the greatest miracle of all. That's how you make miracles. You make miracles by noting your feelings, your hormone, accepting them, jumping on them, having your Mordechai talk to your Esther, and then you'll see unbelievable things happen that the miracles of the Naveen pale in comparison to what we have here.